Yours Julian on the brown note and a review of Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, the third film in the Fantastic Beasts prequel follow-on from the eight Harry Potter films. And it arrives in a different universe to uh, the universal praise and love for the Harry Potter films and books as there's been an enormous amount of problems along the way to this film. Uh, one of those being Johnny Depp and um, the recasting of Depp and the controversy over that. Um, with Maz Mikkelsen, another incredibly loved actor, but a lot of people very uncomfortable with the treatment of Johnny Depp being removed from uh, major projects and Amber Heard remaining in Aquaman 2. Um, I might do a whole piece on this, but um, for people saying, you know, that what there's a lot of um, very misogynistic reaction to this, but there is a section of people, myself included, that kind of feel um, double standards. That's what's left a bad taste in our mouth here. Um, and I think a lot of people feel the same, you know, it's like, well, one, one person's still in a major 10 minutes in, a, in Aquaman 2 who will likely become the first actor in modern film history to get booed at cinema. So it's a very toxic environment over there. Um, but obviously Depp's gone, but we've also got J.K. Rowling. Now, I've got complicated thoughts on J.K. Rowling, um, which is any time a woman comes forward and talks about how being a biological woman is important, they get called a bigot. And I know that she said a lot more than that and a lot more specific stuff about trans people, but I do continually see any woman claiming that her biological body or ownership of her own story is important. That whole issue is immediately filtered through trans people first, and I don't see that happening with any other marginalised or oppressed group, and biological women are the world's largest marginalised and oppressed group. So I think they deserve ownership of their story before anyone else gets to it. Um, so there's been a lot of um, bad static around the start of this film and also the notion that the previous two films weren't particularly successful uh, critically. Um, they weren't very well loved. I have um, partially enjoyed them but not very much and not in the same way as the Potter films which I was a very latecomer to. Um, this one has got the worst reviews a lot. Um, although actually it hasn't. Some people are saying it's better than two. Uh, which was a Nadia, but personally for me 2 was actually the high point of the whole trilogy um, Nothing happens in the sort of start of this film. It's very very slow to get going um, We start with um, Eddie Redmayne's Character who's so inconsequential. I can't even remember Newt Scamander, which is um, a terrible name and he gives birth to this egg in the woods a deer gives birth to this thing and he pulls it out and um, it's this mythical little baby deer that will apparently bow down in front of somebody that is worthy to lead and the entire story arc of these three films is that the Grimwald villain character is trying to take over the whole wizarding universe and um, he's actually a despot and this little fawn will kneel at him to you know to give him validity that he isn't a pure of heart person. So Grimwald comes along and sends his blokes and minions to steal it so that he can perform spells on it and turn it into something that will actually 
bow down to him val validating his quest to rule. We don't find out initially. Um, it's a reasonable plot point, I guess. But immediately after they steal it from Redmayne's character, a twin of this mythical creature is born. So we're set up for Grimwald trying to use his faked version of this deer and um, Eddie Redmayne trying to get the real one there to prove that actually he's Hitler. Uh, Grimwald's Hitler and blah, blah, blah. Um, it's really slow over the start. Um, it's got a terrific middle third, um, which made me think that we were onto something here. Which begins with the character of Dumbledore here played, I thought, really well throughout by Jude Law, who's um, excelled as he's gotten older. A lot of actors get better as they get older. And um, the best plot point in this film should be the worst. It's that they make Mads Mikkelsen's Grimwald and Jude Law teenage lovers. They're, they're gay lovers which could be the most cringe-inducing insertion of woke culture in a movie, but it actually is great when you've got two male leads, one an antagonist and one a protagonist, and instead of just being against each other, they used to be lovers, and they put um, spells on each other because they wanted to reshape the world when they were young, and they put a spell on each other just in case the other person turned against them, they can't ever harm each other, which puts the two most powerful, and, and wisely so as it turns out, which puts the two most powerful people in the movie in a position where neither can actually fight each other, which I thought was the strongest motivation and plot point here by Miles. Uh, and following from that, the whole assassination thing in this um, big European house, I think um, in like a stately dinner, I thought was good. Um, one thing about this this whole setting in Germany around you know pre-World War II, it's a blessing and a curse, and I think more of a curse, because what they've done is they've alluded to Mads Mikkelsen's characters being a Hitler and the rise of fascism. And they're in Germany, but they don't show any of Germany rising to fascism, which is really incongruous. It's like why set it there? It was It's too much. You can't help but think about the rise of Nazism when they're alluding to all these things in the wizarding world but ignoring them completely in the human world. I thought that was too much. I didn't think it earned the allegories at all. Um, but that whole section, which ends in the funniest thing I've seen probably in any of the Harry Potter films, which was when uh, Newt Scamander's brother is taken by the um, secret police and put in this pretty horrible prison. Not very nice. I wondered about him hanging upside down for several days. Um, but the crab dancing, I found extremely funny. Uh, very, very hilarious, uh, that whole crab dancing section. But it's so episodic. It's like, all it, that's quite a big section and it just doesn't mean anything. It's like he gets picked up by the police and there's, you know, you spend 25 minutes on this section, but it doesn't actually mean anything. We move to um, Tibet or Bhutan or somewhere or Nepal. I didn't pay attention. Um, for the final third of the film, which is actually probably the worst third, where all of that good work, uh, which is compelling and atmospheric in the middle is gone. And that's where they're gonna have this climactic vote where all the wizards vote for Nice Lady or for uh, Grimwald to be their leader and a um, great deal of controversy exists throughout the wizarding world as to which one's the person. 
so which one's the best person so they use the little baby deer to you know say that Grimwald's pure of heart but he's faking it and so on it is a really damp squib of an ending well it's not even an ending it's about 40 minutes of the film and it's got this sort of caper-like tone to it it's like a mid-section in a mid-James Bond film where they decide to go to a location but not for any reason at all it didn't need to happen there in fact I thought this the um film was much better set in in European locations it felt a lot truer um, for some reason I don't know why but it's very sort of incongruous being in this Himalayan setting for no reason and they don't show much of it really it's sort of running around knocking pots over and when they actually do the whole um, Grimwalls taking over the world bit at the end it's really slight it's not very well framed the director David Yates has nothing to apologize for here um, because he helmed the final four Potter movies very, very well, and the first two of these, so writing is a major problem here. Um, I thought as Ezra Miller, as the um, relative of Dumbledore that's gone bad and is put in place by Grimwald to assassinate Dumbledore, Ezra Miller's a great actor. It's a shame at the moment that he is being dominated by his off-screen behaviour and his messy private life, making out that he is just another one of these loony, entitled, you know, probably mentally deranged celebrities that's going to become this car crash that everyone watches. Because everything I've seen Ezra Miller in, he's been excellent. So it's a real shame. But um, yeah, the, the last third being so flat really made, gave me time to sort of conjecture over the entire trilogy. And it wasn't good that it gave me that time. Um, it's a very pointless trilogy. There's no reason for it to exist other than making money. Um, the plot for three films getting near eight hours in length was Grimwald wants to take over the wizarding world and failing. And that is it. There's just no point to it. The other thing is I've got a real problem with the lead here. Um, critics always say that the actors are good in bad films. They're not always. Um, Eddie Redmayne's character, I didn't want to. So he, he plays it with this sort of tilted head and awkwardness like Hugh Grant in Four Weddings and a Funeral. I found it continually grating. But the other thing is, is he's got no motivation. You could have written this trilogy without adjusting too much leaving his character out. He's got no skin in the game. He's got no real motivation. He's got nothing really to lose at any point. Um, some of the other characters I thought were a lot better. Um, Dan Fogler, a triumph throughout for me as this um, bawdy American and his love interest as well. Um, brought a lot of heart to the film. I don't care, it's not Catherine Waterstone. Alison Sudol as Queenie Goldstein. They have a love affair from the start and it's by far the most affecting and human thing going on in the screen. The Queenie character was just not as good this time. She was just in the background too much and um, Fogel was still a breath of fresh air in the fact that he brought a little bit of dynamic reality and emotion to his character, whereas the others didn't. But I didn't warm ever to um, the character of Newt Scamander or the performance of Eddie Redmayne. Uh, it didn't do anything for me. Um, Matt Mickelson's one of my favourite actors and I do like Johnny Depp a lot 
I'd say this. Um, I thought Johnny Depp's version of Greenwald was much superior to Mads Mikkelsen. I thought Johnny Depp's creepy version of him was a really... He convinced me that he was doing it for the wizarding world. He wanted to lead the wizards in that manner for the benefit of all. Whereas they flip it in this third film into Mads Mikkelsen being a bit of a despot and just doing it for himself. I thought that weakened the character. I mean, they introduced a love affair thing with Dumbledore, which is, I thought, really strong. But the, he ends up being this little tin pot dictator, and I, I didn't feel like there was the gravity of Depp's character because there was a plausibility to him getting people to follow him because he could have been doing it for everyone. Um, and it, they kind of painted it that he was. But with Mickelson's character, it's like, you're definitely just doing this for yourself. And the other thing with the Harry Potter movies, I was a latecomer to them. I had no interest at all in watching them. The only reason I did is the, is the Alejandro Cuaron, the uh, Oscar-winning Mexican director, directed the third film. So when they were on TV, I thought, I really want to see that one film because everyone is raving about it. And they had all of them on in a row, so I thought I'd watch the first two, which I didn't really rate much. But from film three, virtually to the end, ignoring Deathly Hallows part one, um, every film was great, but the one thing that the Harry Potter films had, which kept me on board from the start, was a sense of danger and an unexpected story arc. Like, lots of those characters' story arcs were immense. Snape, uh, Dumbledore, um, even the smaller characters like Robert Pattinson, you never really knew from the start of one film to the end how it was going to pan out. There was a sense of high stakes, a sense of danger, a sense that they would throw a major character into the jaws of death and you weren't going to see it coming. Um, I, they, you know, the, the writing of the story by Rowling was the high point of the whole thing. Here, none of that happens. Throughout the whole three films, there's never any sense of any danger. Everything seems preordained. I knew exactly what we, where we were going to end up with at the end. The red main character is exactly the same as the end as he is at the start. Mads Mikkelsen says to his character, I couldn't have done it without you, as though we would actually probably not even factor that in unless he told us. It does occupy that Hobbit world where the, um, they made three films just to keep rolling in the money, which has happened less and less and less with these films in post-COVID times. So this, it's just so purposeless. Um, it's so slight. There's no stakes. There's never any sort of danger to the storytelling. The characters' arcs don't go anywhere, um, other than those sort of Dumbledore, Mads Mikkelsen love interest, which is arrives out of nowhere as well. Um, and I thought they made Grimwald outside of that a much less interesting character. So it is a flawed film um, and not a particularly interesting way to end the trilogy. Uh, I'm going to go for a four and a half out of ten for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore.